Monday evening, and of course on a Monday evening is when we have our night surgery, our first program. And uh, this evening I have uh, the pleasure of once again welcoming to the studio oncologist Dr. Imran Parker. Dr. Imran, salam alaikum. Alhamdulillah, and how are you? Alhamdulillah, fine, thank you. MashaAllah, it's been a few months since I last saw you. Uh, it has been, it's yes. been quite a while. Alhamdulillah, absolutely. but now you're back here with me in the studio, and I'm glad to have you back. Alhamdulillah, nice Shukra to be back. Shukran. MashaAllah. Now, uh, let me first start off and ask you a stupid question, but that nice title, Oncologist. <laughs> <laughs> Please explain to the listeners what it, sure, what it sure. entails. Um, oncologist, you know, we always put fancy labels on all doctors that are specialist mm. you know so mm. it always ends in a, a just or just, something yeah. or the other like no. that um, an oncologist is someone that has trained and is specialized in treating cancers mm. so it's not one particular cancer it's all sorts of cancers right. um, we get certain oncologists that treat only certain types of cancers mm. and then you get others like myself which we call generalists no. we treat all sorts of cancers so whether it be lung cancer breast cancer prostate cancer everything right. we go right. for it all so that's basically oncologist we trained in the management of cancer um, the diagnosis but also the chemotherapy Mm-hmm. The radiation therapy, how it works, and what is best suited for each patient right. on an individual basis. Right. So, as you can hear there, we've got oncologists, and he says generalist, but I don't like that <laughs> word generalist. He is an oncologist, he's a specialist, and this evening it's all about cancer. So, Special. the listener, if you have any question pertaining to any type of cancer, that's right. Then you call us on the number 021-442-3530. 021-442-3530. Otherwise, if you'd like to send us an SMS, please do. However, as with all the other doctors, I'm sure Dr. Imran also would like us to have the age, the gender, yes. as well as the weight of the patient as much as possible all oh, right uh, so inshallah the the same applies to all these doctors they're always looking for the gender age and weight and then of course pose your question but as i said this evening no general medical questions Correct. it's all about cancer yeah. because the person sitting here with me he is a oncologist he is somebody that is a specialist in or he specializes in cancer now um Imran, this month, the month of October, is a very special month for cancer. Because Correct. I believe this is a Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Correct, 100%. Tell us a little bit more about Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Sure. So a few years back, we started all generally in South Africa and across the world as well. We decided mm-hmm. to have certain months dedicated to certain cancers to raise awareness. Um, October in South Africa is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, where we try to educate as much of the population about what is breast cancer, what you should be doing, Mm. um, if you feel a lump in your breast, what how you go about uh, seeing a physician. Um, So yes, it's general uh, awareness Mm. of breast cancer. And what we always say is that the earlier we can diagnose the cancer, the greater the chances of curing the cancer. If you've had a lump in your breast for years and years and it gets bigger and bigger, it stands to reason the bigger it is, the greater the chance that it may spread. Mm. But if you pick it up early enough, there's a greater chance of curing you. Mm. So that's what we're aiming at. We're aiming at 
curing our patients, keeping them cancer-free for as long as possible. Right. And one of the ways is to have early presentation, mm-hmm. come to your doctors early. So that's the idea. And as we mentioned off air earlier, um, inshallah, we're going into November next month. November, we try to raise awareness on prostate cancer. Right. So we focus on October on the females in breast cancer awareness mm-hmm. month. Mm-hmm. And then November comes and we switch over to prostate the cancer males. awareness. That's no, that to no. the males. However, this evening, of course, if people would like to call, they can call for either Absolutely. or. Absolutely. We don't mind. All right. But uh, focusing on breast cancer, um, who gets breast cancer? Well, that's a good question. Um, we always used to say 15 years ago, it's always a disease of the older population mm-hmm. uh, over the age of 50 over the age of 60 right you know males and females to get them surprisingly um, nowadays we're actually seeing younger and younger patients being diagnosed with breast cancer mm-hmm. it's scary but it's a common thing and it's becoming more and more common as well um, patients as young as 31 32 38 39 in the 30s mm-hmm. you know which you never saw before in their 40s and 50s as well mm-hmm. um, much more common in the ma- in the females than what it is in the males. Uh, roughly for every, I think it's something like for every thousand patients with breast cancer, one male has it. Okay. So it's not as common in the males and than what it is in the females. All right. You know? But yes, it does exist in the male population as well. So uh, that is something that uh, many of us were never aware of, talking yeah. around that you do get breast cancer in males. Absolutely, absolutely. Why is it so uh, so much more prevalent? amongst females than males. That's any, un- any particular reason? No, no particular reason that we can think of. Um, but if we look at the physiology of the body, we say that in about 70% of cases, mm. breast cancer is sensitive to the female hormone called estrogen. So okay. estrogen is made by the ovaries. Mm-hmm. It's also made by the fat cells in the body. And in up to 70% of women, Estrogen is sort of the cause of their oh, of right. their, their breast cancer, not right. the cause, but the contributing factor, a big a factor, major, major, a major contributing right. factor. That's right. So that's why when we have women who are develop their menses early on mm-hmm. and develop their menopause late in life, they have a long exposure to estrogen. Oh, um, right. So that's one of the reasons we surmise as such, as well as females nowadays going on to hormone, not hormone replacement, but contraceptive measures. Mm-hmm. Lots of the contraception we use now also contain estrogen so you're exposing yourself to estrogen more and more these days we also have to be honest and say we look what we're putting into our system in terms of diet the factors have to play some role. now there's Mm. no there's no concrete evidence for what I'm saying over here but we do know that a lot of our meats a lot of our poultry beef as well it's all force-fed it's all hormonal injections Mm -hmm. and it's going to have an effect somewhere so it's just my personal view that what we are putting in our system is having an effect somewhere down the line Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. whereas 50 years ago we never did this everything was the pure organic way right you know and the cancer rates were not that bad okay other causes of the cancer would be our air pollution smoking as well so there are lots of contributing factors very interestingly, we're talking about uh, lung cancer then when we mm. talk about smoking. Is that yes. so? Yes, we do. we do. Lung cancer, the biggest one, smoking. You know, if you take uh, how many patients with lung cancer are smokers, you mm. come up with something like 90% in excess. You know, they are either active smokers or ex-smokers as well. Mm. So a large percentage of patients are smokers. 
or alternatively their spouses are smokers right, they not right. may not be a smoker themselves mm-hmm. but they get exposed to secondary smoke how dangerous is secondary smoke it's actually a good question it's worse than the actual smoker why, you know, why, why is that Dr. Brown? you know you've got on the cigarette you've got the filter mm. so the filter tends to um, remove the harmful substances into the actual individual smoking but the smoke they release by that contains all the harmful toxins so the people around okay. tend to inhale that so you're missing the filter mechanism on okay. there okay yeah okay. so that's why the spouses are also more affected all right so if my spouse is uh, smoking and i'm not a smoker I should at least get me a fault. Oh, no, no. Tell me to smoke outside. Now, coming back to our original topic and talking about breast cancer, how do a person detect whether you've got cancer or you've got breast breast cancer sure okay so we always say just starting at the beginning and this is part of breast cancer awareness month Mm. that once a month please women and men as well examine your breasts don't be shy to do that when you have a shower at least once a month um, feel for feel the breast tissue so on, in a circular motion, rub it down onto the breast tissue, mm. feel the nipple area, feel under the arm for any glands or any lymph nodes or any swellings. But usually, in most cases, it's a lump within the breast. Mm. It feels sort of like a pea or a marble sitting in the breast tissue. And it feels very, very soft and jellish, mm. and you can move it from side to side. And, and round about where on the breast will, will well, you it find it mostly? Uh, it can occur anywhere in the breast. That's okay. the thing. So it's not one specific site. It right. can occur anywhere. There's no one ear that we sort of target. Mm. But we always say, don't only feel the breast tissue, but feel under the arm as well, the armpit. Okay. You know, because in your under your arm, you've got all the lymph nodes. Okay. You know, and okay. cancer cells tend to spread via the lymph nodes. Mm. So sometimes we've seen it where it's a very, very small lump in the breast, but there's a very big lymph node in the, the arm. Right. So you, you've got to be aware of that as well. Right, right. Okay. When you do find a person with uh, breast cancer, then on many occasions you have uh, where they remove the breast. Yes. Right. Yeah. Now, with a male, and that, now I'm looking at females, but yes. now as you've made us aware that you can find breast cancer in, in males, males as, well. as well. Now, the question is, what happens now with the removal? How does that work? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a simple situation as well. It's very similar to the females also, mm. except that males don't have as much breast tissue as females. To, we, to remove. We, to remove, that's right. 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 So um, it's you have to find a very, very small lump over there, mm. to be perfectly honest. Mm. But it's the exact same procedure. It's what we call a mastectomy, mm. but also in a male patient as well. Exact okay. same procedure. All right. Right, uh, Dr. Moran, what we need to do first is we need to go for a quick commercial break. Uh, the listener, of course, as you've heard, I've got the oncologist Dr. Imran Parker here with me, and uh, the doctor will be with me until around about uh, 10 o'clock, or just inshallah. before 10, inshallah. So call us if you have any question pertaining to breast cancer or any other, que- uh, other mm. uh, cancer for that matter. The number 021 or you can send us an SMS, 47913 is the number. And uh, I see that a few came through. I'll be asking those questions after sure. the break. 47913, that's the number. And, of course, if you can, give us your age, your gender, and your weight, and then pose your question, which I will then pose to the oncologist, Dr. Imran Parker, after the break. 
Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. Now I have with me oncologist Dr. Imran Parker and his telephone number 021-637-3794. That's 021-637-3794 or another number 21 021- Six three seven eight one double O. That's O two one six three seven eight one double O. And uh, Dr. Imran, you are at Gatesville Medical Center. Correct, hundred percent. Right. Okay. So um, <clears throat> when we talk about the oncologist, now I've, got, I've given you a number. Yes. Must the patient go by the GP? That's always a question to ask you specialists. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we prefer that way. We must be honest. Right. Um, what we must say is. If you've got a lump in your breast, it mm. doesn't necessarily mean it is cancer. Right. We must be honest. Right. So right. we'd want to take the correct steps because if it's not a cancer, we're not going to do a mastectomy. Mm. You know, mm. so it's a big thing. Um, if it's a lump in the breast, you go see your GP first. That's the first point of call. Mm. And then he can arrange for a mammogram and a biopsy as well. So a biopsy is simple. It's a fancy word for saying, let's take a small piece of the of the lump out right. and we can do a biopsy under the guidance of an ultrasound machine or if the lump is big enough we put it directly into the lump without mm. any guidance mm. we extract a few cells or we take a core out of that lump and we send it off to the lab to in be investigated and the lab will come back to us and tell us within a few days if it's cancer or if it's not cancer mm. Mm. if it's not cancer then we can say fine let's not necessarily remove the lump we can watch it and see what happens um, and have regular surveillance. So see your doctor on a regular basis regarding right. that lump. Mm. If it is a cancer, then obviously from there it comes to me. Okay. So you either see your, your general surgeon about it or you can see the oncologist about it. Mm-hmm. And now it comes to you, what now? Okay, so what we first point of call is if we can All right, Marv, can I just keep that first point of call? And let's take that call online first. Then I'll come back to you on that one. Okay, let's take the call, Voice of the Cape. Hello. Assalamu alaikum. Um, Doctor, um, I see most of the the, the mastectomies on the return side. I don't know, I could be wrong, eh? But what I've seen, uh, is it related to problems or heart problems or whatever? And uh, the people that I know personally are also people who have been through much trauma. Could you perhaps just um, talk about that? Is sure. it, this is the way I find Thank you. Okay. okay. Must I uh, listen on the radio? She can listen on the radio? Yes, yes. Okay, yes, you can listen on the radio. Thank you. Two questions. Two questions there, Dr. Imran. The first one was, um, is cancer, breast cancer more prevalent on the left than on the right? Um, no, it's not. <laughs> it's right. actually equal on both sides. So because your heart is on the left-hand side and not on the right, doesn't mean that there's any correlation between your heart and, and the breast and cancer. The breast cancer. So, so it occurs in equal numbers on, on both sides. Mm-hmm. The call is probably just spoken to or have a few friends with, unfortunately, the cancer is on the one side and not on the other side. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the second question that she asked was... Um, uh, that uh, if it's uh, related to emotional trauma, oh yes, to trauma, to trauma. That's right. Um, no, it's not. Uh, we do find that a lot of patients do present after trauma, but it's not related to trauma. So what they find is the lump is there, but 
for some reason you knock it against the wall or mm. your little grandchild comes and knocks the breast and it swells up that okay. lump becomes a bit uh, hemorrhagic it bleeds a bit and it swells up so mm. it's not the trauma that's actually caused it but the trauma has just made you more aware of the underlying lump right, over there right right so Okay, so it's it's more about you having the lump already, Correct. and now something happened just to cause it to bleed, to bleed or, or to something like that. Something like That's that. Right. All right. Then uh, no, another question, there, uh, doctor. When uh, the person feels the lump, yes, isn't that they should actually contact the doctor or get to the doctor immediately, or should they wait? some time for certain things to happen what, what, what well, is the, the sure, right way no problems if it's someone who's still having the what we call the menses the, the menstrual cycle you know mm. a lot of women will have their normal menstrual cycle they go through changes in the breast where they do develop tiny lumps which go away with with time right uh, we still say even with that if you find a lump in your breast, there's no harm in going to your GP first. Mm. Let him have a look at it. Let him have a feel of it. And if he's not too concerned, we sort of know what cancer lumps feel like and what benign lumps feel like. Right. We've got a certain feel for that. So if we find that it's not a cancer lump, we'll tell the GP will tell you, okay, don't worry about it, but come and see me in a month's time. Mm. And let's see if it's gone bigger or smaller, if it's still the same size, and then take it further. Right. Okay, uh, let me go to this SMS. Yeah. Salam. So why does older women get breast cancer often at reduced estrogen with no HRT? Okay, so it's a good question because earlier I linked it to estrogen. So hmm. firstly, what I did say is that not all breast cancers are estrogen sensitive. Right. Only about 70% mm. of them are. So a lot of women would fall out of that window, firstly. And secondly is it's the exposure you've had in your life to estrogen. So mm. even though the estrogen has stopped, you've had that window of exposure. Right. And with time, there's normally a triggering factor. We don't know what the triggering factor is, but something has caused it to activate. So you've got these cells which are dormant, which have been exposed to estrogen, but at some point they become active. All right. And they then form cancer, the cells. All right. um, and the second part, I believe, was... Is, is HRT, HRT bad? bad? Let's first uh, focus on what is HRT that's being Okay, sure. That would be hormone replacement therapy. All right. Okay, so as we know that with women, uh, once they've had the, um, mens the menstrual cycle, they're going to menopause. And one of the disadvantages is that your body your body needs estrogen it's a very good hormone it helps you maintain your skin texture it's good for your cardiovascular system it has good effects it's not only got bad effects and it helps with hot flushes so when you speak to women who have gone through menopause you find that they have the hot flushes mm. the mood swings the irritability weight gain as well so there are all those symptoms and because of the lack of estrogen in the body they also develop osteoporosis which is the brittle bones. The bones right. become a bit more, uh, but thinner. Right, right. So we've been using hormone replacement therapy, which is small amounts of estrogen and progesterone to help the body maintain the bone integrity, the bone strength, help with the hot flushes as well. Mm. Now, there was a huge debate probably about five to six years ago in the USA where they released a trial and they said hormone replacement therapy causes breast cancer. Okay, there was a huge flare up and mm. the results were inconclusive at that point. When they went back and looked at it again, there was no great risk of hormone replacement therapy right. causing breast cancer. Okay. So it's not bad. 
It's okay. definitely not bad. Right, <laughs> it's got right. good effects. But if you are on hormone replacement therapy, you should be seeing your gynecologist as well once a year mm. for regular checkups. And when you do see your gynecologist, they need to do breast examinations right. for you. And you need to go for regular mammograms as well. So if you are on it, you've got to take a bit more extra precautions right, right, for right. that. Now, on that... Uh when you said that it's not bad, HRT yeah. is not bad. However, you also mentioned that person should go for a checkup uh, every year at least. Yeah, absolutely. Would you then say that that person should also do the self-examination more often? Yeah, absolutely. We, we still say, you know, once a week, every second week, mm. do a self-examination. There's mm. no harm in doing it. Irrespective if you're irrespective. on HRT or Irrespective. Not. Irrespective. Oh, Always right. do a self-examination. That's the whole point of this cancer awareness month, mm. is to raise awareness and to tell women, examine yourself. Um, you know, and even we've had cases where the spouses feel the lumps in the breast. Okay. You know? So we've had those cases where, um, yes, you feel that and it's, it turns out to be cancer or it turns out not to be cancer right, as well. Right, right. Now, uh, I hear what you're saying, Dr. Imran, about uh, the cancer. Um, you're not, or not you, but as the medical practitioners or specialists, you're not so sure what is the cause yeah, of breast cancer. And the reason why I'm asking now is, can it also be caused by people, I don't know how to put it now, mm. you know, manhandling, if that is the right way to put it, <laughs> manhandling those breasts. Uh, you know what I'm I know getting what you at? Mean, I know what you mean, yes. No, not necessarily. Right. That, that would fall in the same category as trauma. Okay. So it's not that manhandling as such yes, would cause yes. breast cancer. Right. You would cause with the, the traumatic experience in the breast, um, you tend to have little lobules in the breast which sort of burst and form little clots right. and you're feeling those, but they not they don't turn out to be cancer. Right. And what we must also bear in mind is I've, you know, there was a um, a talk show wasn't I don't know which radio station was some time ago, but um, the guest speaker also mentioned that patients with cancer um, it's something in their personality that they're doing because of the bad people they are that develop cancer. That's not true. Okay. There's no such thing. No such There's thing. no such thing as you cancer, therefore you are a bad person by nature. There's no such thing. In other words, you're a cancerous pe- person. Yeah, we go. No, there's no such there's thing. No such thing. There's wow. no such thing. Sure. So your attitude, your your mindset, your actual mannerisms have nothing to do with you developing cancer or right, not. Right, you must right, bear that in mind. Dr. Imran, seeing that we are talking about the person, can breast cancer be hereditary? In other words, can it be something uh, that's actually in the family? Yes, so can it be passed on from one person to the other? Yes, breast cancer can be passed on from mother to daughter. Uh, There is a specific gene called the BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes, and they are passed on from mother to daughter. Now, if we take how, how common are these mutations? Mm. They are extremely uncommon. Okay. So the chance of passing breast cancer and having this mutation in you runs in the region of less than 5%. Mm. So when we take all the breast cancer patients, only 5% of them have genetic BRCA1, BRCA2 mutations which have passed on from mother to daughter. Okay. So if you look at the other side of the coin, 95% of those patients have had no genetic transfer from mother to, to daughter. daughter. Right. So majority of the patients, there's no genetic transfer. Okay, but there is a possibility. There's a possibility. So what we say is we I try to identify who are the 
patients at high risk of of carrying the the gene. Mm -hmm. Um, And we say it's usually the women under the age of 40 who have developed breast cancer. Or if you have more than uh, two first degree relatives with breast cancer on the maternal side. So in other words, um, if the patient comes to me and she's got breast cancer, a first degree relative would be her mother right. or her sister. All right. So right. if one of them have it, it's a higher risk for developing the mutation. Okay. Or her mother and the mother sister. Hmm. You know, that's hmm. also a first degree relative. But we wouldn't say your mother and your second cousin's husband. Right. No, 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 kind of husband. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not but husband, I hear but what yeah. you're saying. Yes, yeah. yeah, so it has to be a direct link. Okay, okay. Let's go uh, back to the lines. Voice of the Cape. Hello. Okay, come as well. Will you be lame play of what? Doctor Nan, you want to ask any question or can it no, put down? Okay. Yeah, okay. I can and I can say what Doctor Maran, inshallah. Okay, bye, Okay, okay, bye bye. Okay, so the gentleman's asking after the operation, he's obviously having a bit of difficulty in his in, posture. In his posture, in his posture because posture he's walking forward. forward. Yes, That's right. right. Yeah. So the approach that they use where they went through the actual abdomen mm. is the older approach that we used to use. We don't use that as often anymore. There are certain cases which we have to use that approach. Mm. But yes, it's a side effect of the actual procedure. It's a complication which is unfortunately developed right. where the abdominal muscles have had to go through that. It mm. needs to be straight strengthened up. Right. So with time he needs more physio and more strengthening of those muscles and right. that's about it. Okay. Alright, uh, just want to tell you there Dr. Imran what gewoonlik gebeur as as die pa- patiënt Afrikaans praat met jou. Okay, okay, kom ons los maar daar ene, as ons nou nie wil uh, verkeerde diagnosis kreeg nie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ja, los maar daar ene. Okay, let's get to this uh, uh, one here doctor. It says, Assalamu alaikum Yusuf and Dr. Parker, I was diagnosed with lung and brain cancer last year, October. Went for radium treatment and chemo and in July I went for scans and was told there's no more cancer. I now get pain and burning sensation in my back and is very tender. Shukran. Okay. Uh, so that's actually a very fortunate patient who's had cancer from the lung that is probably spread to the brain or two separate ones we're not too sure there. Mm. But Alhamdulillah, that patient is is in a good state. Alhamdulillah. So Alhamdulillah, we're happy about that. Um, depending on where the pain is, it could be the after effects of the actual treatment. Um, did they call the SMS person go for radiation? Well, the person says yes. Uh, yeah. So the radiation can cause a bit of long-term effects on the nerves, depending on how much... Uh, what's the dose of radiation and the area as well mm. so you can have a bit of tenderness and um, pins and needles in that vicinity as well that's that's possible right. um, depending on where the cancer was in the brain as well which which nerve subsets it affects okay. you can also have neurological after effects of that as okay. well right. so um, again it's something that it's an after effect of the treatment most likely mm. but alhamdulillah Caller is clear cancer, which we're happy with. Just uh, for understanding, um, 
So what you're saying to us, if you had the radium treatment, the chemo treatment, and where the cells were, mm. there you also had these uh, nerves, yes. and the nerves would then be affected the, because the of... The nerves can be affected as well. Ah. So chemotherapy, just to dial the corners as well, chemotherapy is basically medication which we give intravenously. Mm-hmm. So it's a drip that we put up for our patients, and we administer it in that route. And there are, well, there are probably about... 120 different types of drugs of chemotherapy drugs on the market if right. not more right. and each one has a different side effect mm. some chemotherapy drugs affect the nerve fibers and cause pins and needles in the nerves in mm. the fingers or the toes some cause um, affecting the hands of the, the skin of the hands causing what we call a hand and foot syndrome mm. so depending on what which type of chemotherapy the individual have the mm. side effects in also vary right. when it comes to radiation radiation is a huge machine where we administer x-rays to the patient in right. high high doses right. and depending also on which part of the body which we're treating with the radiation therapy mm. the side effects also differ as well okay. so when we're treating for example the the back yes we may get also the nerve fibers which are affected a right. bit as well right. uh, but if we're treating a leg mm. it's unlikely to affect anything over there right. so it really depends on which area we've been which is being treated. Just going to go for a break, but just before that, uh, what I'd like to know, which of these treatments, chemo or radium, is actually the one causing the, the hair loss? The hair loss? Yes. That would be the chemotherapy. The chemotherapy. In other words, the medicine that the you give. The medicine that you give intravenously. So the, the point of the chemo is we always like to explain to our patients, if you've got one specific area of the body for mm. example it's only in the lung we right. can say okay we're going to target that one site only right. and that's where radiation comes in mm. so it's one specific area mm. if we've got the risk of cancer cells floating through the body then we're going to administer chemotherapy okay because the chemotherapy is given into the venous leaf, so it works through the entire body right. from the head right. to the toes right. and that's why you have the hair falling out with you Right, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we're back after this. I surgery these and I have with me oncologist Dr. Imran Parker and uh, the doctors, of course, uh, talking to us about cancer this evening. Doctor, uh, let me go to our next question. Uh, the next question goes as follows. It says, Assalamu alaikum, Yusuf and the doctor, um, constant breast pain, is this a sign of breast cancer? Okay, not necessarily. Uh, breast pain is not usually associated with breast cancer if there's no lump in the breast. Okay. So just ting- tingling sensation, and uh, it's what, that's what we term myalgia. Yeah, okay. in the breast. Um, mastalgia. It's mastalgia, mm. where the breast just becomes a bit more sensitive. It could be related to the patient's um, menstrual cycle, depending mm. where they are in the menstrual cycle, because mm. we know certain women, if they are, when they do they have the cycles, they, they tend to be a bit more sensitive. So right. it could be related to that. But just normal pains in the breast in the absence of a lump mm. is usually not. All not right. cancer. Okay. Um, just want to say to the listeners, uh, when you said now, uh, it depends where in the cycle, yeah. in the menstrual the cycle, menstrual. but at the same time, you bent over and you felt your leg, and I thought, <laughs> now what? But no, it was something else. Your leg must have been But now, where are you going now? That's not... Okay. Uh, coming back, <laughs> <laughs> can severe anxiety and stress 
cause breast cancer. Okay, there are a few articles on this as well in a few published medical journals looking at stress levels and anxiety and is there a correlation between those two mm. and breast cancer. Mm. And it's very difficult to say what the actual effect is because each individual has a different tolerance to right. stress and anxiety. So level the level, yeah, right. the levels that we can accept. Right. So yes, we think that it does play a role, but we can't prove that absolutely. Hmm. You know, we can't say, yes, you're under undue stress at work, you're going to have breast cancer. Right. We can't say right. that. Sure. But yes, we do know that in stressful situations, you do develop hypertension and those sorts of illnesses. So yeah, stress is not good for you, period. Why does HRT cause breast enlargement, bloatedness and weight gain? Please explain. Okay, sure. So as we said, with hormone replacement therapy, which is HRT, uh, it's a synthetic form of estrogen which is being administered to our patients. So we are trying to overcome the body's lack of estrogen and we want to supplement the body with more estrogen to maintain the good effects of it. Unfortunately, hmm. Each one reacts differently to hormones, and hormones are one of those things that are very, very nasty if they come out with right. bad side effects. Right. So some of the adverse effects or side effects of treatment of hormone replacement is uh, breast enlargement, bloatedness, and weight gain. It's mm. purely related to the actual estrogen. What you could consider is um, the individuals ask the question, maybe changing over to a different form of HRT. Mm. There are different... Um, products on the market, you've got the patches which you can use, you've got the implants which are implanted under the skin and you've got tablet forms as well. Mm. So maybe it's just an individual reacting to a certain product in a mm. negative manner, but maybe speak to your gynecologist or to your GP and ask him to switch you to something else which may have better side effects. With you. So now doctor, have you qualified as doctor at UCT in 2002? I have, yes. Alright, <laughs> so there you are. That is the rooker you're looking for. Yeah, that, that's the person. Where that's they, the they, person. They found me. Yeah, they found you finally sitting here <laughs> next to me. Assalamu uh, alaikum. My late husband passed on of lung cancer and the hospital never told me. Um, mm. How likely is it that something like that can happen? Yeah, you know, it's uh, these days it's not very really likely that we that would have happened. Um, we take extra precautions always to make the correct diagnosis and we always have family meetings with our patients so we mm. always discuss this at the patient's permission obviously you know if they are willing to have that but we try maybe that happened in hindsight somewhere where it shouldn't have happened but yes we always try to get the patients involved the family involved as well mm. um, so that everyone is kept in the loop as to what's happening with our patients all right okay shukran doctor uh, and that uh, family Yes. The consultation with family. How yes. important is that? Especially oh, in, 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 in cancer cases. In cancer, it's vital. It's very, very important. Um, when we have a woman with breast cancer, hmm. um, it's always a good idea to have the spouse there. You know, um, actually, any patient with cancer, it's good to have the spouse there. Right. Because you want the spouse also to know what's, what your patient will be experiencing at home during the, the off treatments. So 
when they're having chemo under the radiation, so they also know what to expect. Um, also, if there are children present, yes, you want to have the children also there. You know, so they also are aware, my dad and my mom's having a bit of chemo, there's a bit of nausea or hair loss, okay, I mustn't panic. Mm. You know, mm. it's part of the side effects of treatment. I don't have to be overly concerned, and in, we always advise the families also what to do when certain things happen. Right, right. Um, somebody sent me a mail, and the number 4432, that's your last four numbers, your mail came through, but it's not completed. Okay. So maybe you would like to send us another mail. I'll tell you what came through, doctor. A mm-hmm. 64-year-old female didn't wait for a few months. In other words, she didn't weigh herself for a few months. Mm-hmm. Was in treatment for breast cancer, had mastectomy, January 2014, chemo and radium. And then ended about two months ago, and that's where it the mail in so okay, don't even so know what the question yeah, is what we haven't are. reached there yet so that's okay. right so the number double four three two the person that sent us that mail uh apologize but the other part of your uh message, message. never came through so can I, if you don't mind sending us uh, another mail and maybe just just continue. the question. Just yeah. ask the question. We've got that, and I'll see the number, so I'll know it is the same person. So just pose the question, inshallah, because it didn't come through. Inshallah. What we need to do is uh, take another quick commercial break. When we come back, I uh, hope to get that uh, SMS from 4432, and then, of course, we also need to start wrapping up. Absolutely, inshallah. inshallah. The time is 12 minutes to 10, which means we've got about 10 minutes left here with uh, the doctor. That's uh, Dr. Imran Parker, oncologist at uh, Gatesville Medical Center. And you can call him on the number, not him. He's uh, rooms yeah. <laughs> and make an appointment with the receptionist to see him as the oncologist on the number 021 6737 is it available from the pharmacy or what? Okay. HRT hormone replacement therapies are available in a few forms. Um, the most easily administered form is normally in what we call a patch. So it's a little uh, the size of mm, uh, just bigger than a five then coin. And it's got a peel back and you attach it to your shoulder or to your uh, buttock area, mm. upper thigh, um, and it's slowly released. And it's changed depending on which patch you have uh, once a week, once every five days or once a week or once every three days. So that's the one form that it's administered as a patch. Um, I'm sure if you talk about smokers who are trying to quit smoking, they right. also have a patch, a sure. nicotine patch, similar principle as well. Um, the other way it's administered is where we do a little implant uh, under the skin mm-hmm. where it can sustain the patient on replacement therapy for a longer time up to three months and then you also get the tablet form mm-hmm. it is available it's, it's not in a lotion form okay uh, but it is available at your pharmacist you will need a prescription for it though and it's not something that you should be taken lightly mm-hmm. you need to discuss it carefully with your doctor before taking it and if possible consult your gynecologist as well All right Right. Definitely. 
Dr. Moran, seeing that we are talking about HRT before we go back to mm. our breast cancer, what is the danger of having had, uh, let's say, hysterectomy or the person is changed of life or whatever and not using HRT? Okay, so if we've had a hysterectomy, it's not a problem, it's the actual ovaries that we wanted to do. Now, let's so, say the ovaries so have also been taken removed. Out yeah. as well. So, if it's a young patient, so we're talking about a uh, let's say a 45 year old female mm. and she's had a hysterectomy and her ovaries taken out as well and because of that the ovaries are taken out she's now in a menopause okay um, that patient lacks estrogen mm. which her body requires as we mentioned that estrogen is needed for the cardiovascular system for the skeletal system uh, for your skin for your hair for all those things right. um, if you're lacking it you are predisposing yourself to osteoporosis at a young age right. so that is political bones mm -hmm. and easy bone fractures as well and there's also a list of cardiovascular disease as well so Which heart is? attacks right. strokes at a young age mm -hmm. you know if it's an older patient in their 60s 70s um, yes we're not going to say that necessarily needs to go on HRT we don't we can but we can avoid it there. Right. But in the younger patients, we do normally advocate it. All right. Shukran, and uh, almost time for us to wrap it up, but not before we just once again focus on breast cancer. Breast cancer. Why is it important that people should be made aware of the danger of breast cancer? Okay. Breast cancer is still one of the leading causes of death in, one of the, in cancers. Um, when you do surveys across the world, you find that no matter which country you are in, hmm. breast cancer accounts for a large percentage of cancer deaths, especially amongst women. Right. In some countries, the highest. Okay. okay. So, in, if you take a, we do, we unfortunately lack in South Africa. We lack uh, statistics. We lack concrete numbers. But hmm. if you take the first world countries, we can say that easily there are over 250,000 deaths of breast cancer in the US per year, hmm. which is a large amount of, of deaths due to breast cancer. And what we're saying is we want to educate people as to what they should be doing because we know that the earlier you see your doctor about right. a lump in the breast, about breast cancer, the greater chance that something can be done. Right. The longer you wait, the more you fall into that bad category of statistics we are going to pass away right. from, unfortunately. Inshallah. Um, just received uh, something else here, doctor, so before we wrap. Salam, doctor. My daughter uh, bought her a box of loom bands. It is the bracelet maker. I do not know if doctor knows about it, but uh, friends at school says it uh, gives her cancer. It is a rubber band. Is it true? Um, I'm not aware of it, I must be honest, um, but there's no band that you're putting on your wrist that actually can cause cancer. Hmm. Um, there's cancer as well, right, you know, right. so it's unlikely if it's a rubber band that's actually causing cancer. It's, right, it's right. It needs to be absorbed into the system somehow, and I don't think something that can cause this cancer. Doctor, talking about mastectomy, mm -hmm. and then, of course, we know once the person has had this operation, there's also many a times this unnecessary stigma. Mm. Uh, talk to us about that. Yeah, there's always the thing that um, one of the biggest things is 
the cancer, uh, it can be passed on from person to person. Right. You know, we always come across that. Right. You know, that stigma used to be there. Thank heaven it's gone. But cancer can't be passed on by touching someone. Right. You know, that's not possible. Right. If I have cancer and I come to to, to you, you say, I can't give you my cancer. It's mm. impossible. Mm. It's not going to work. Um, patients who have gone through mastectomies as well, um, there's always the, the family social circumstances which we try to address as much as possible right, right. where the spouse also needs to play his role in the whole situation would that be as a support a support okay. that's right and we've had cases unfortunately we've had cases where i was the treating doctor where the woman is diagnosed with this cancer and the husband a month later walks out the door Allah. you know that's not what our poor patient needs yeah. she needs all the support and help that she can get mm. not only with herself but also with the children if she's young as well right so right. it's very important that we try to tell people you know this cancer you come early come and see us we can hopefully cure this we can take it away and keep you clear of cancer for as long as possible mm. and you can still have a normal life Right, with right. your spouse as well. Inshallah. And now the breast has been removed, mm-hmm. and you find that your patient goes into depression. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that? Yeah, we always we we try to explain to our patients before the time what to expect in terms of a mastectomy mm-hmm. and what it's going to look like. Lots of patients, when they have their mastectomies, they can't look at themselves in the mirror, you know, because it takes a bit of getting used to. You know, mm. they're not themselves. You mm. know, but we try to counsel our patients with that. Um, and we have social workers, we've got psychologists and mm. psychiatrists on board. Right. We can also right. offer professional help as well. Inshallah. This is definitely your last estimate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> definitely, yeah. I promise you. Uh, Salam, doctor. Um, what age should I undergo a mammogram, please? I'm 38-year-old female. Okay, if you are 38 years old and you have no lumps in your breast, um, they always say there's a huge uh, review that was done a few years back, again in overseas first world countries, and they say from the age of 35 to 40 onwards, we sort of saying from 40 onwards, go for mammograms on a regular basis, Mm. um, if you can't feel anything in the breast. You know, um, but still do the self-examination. That's what you should still do. Right. Um, there, there are some articles coming out to say you should be going for mammograms at the age of 35 onwards. Those are debatable because what you must remember is that if you're going for a mammogram on a two-yearly or three-yearly basis from the age of 35 to the age of 70, you are exposing yourself to radiation okay. as well. Every time. Every time you go for a mammogram. Right, so right. we don't want you to be exposed to radiation unnecessarily. Mm. So that's why we try to push that back as far as possible. Mm. If it's a younger patient under the age of 30 and it's a lump in the breast, which is of concern, we do ultrasounds. So okay. we're not exposing our patients to radiation. It's a simple ultrasound machine, which gives us enough data as well. Okay. Um, I did say it's your last one. That's fine. But one this more. one, this one fell through the back door. Okay, we'll go for it. What about implant? The, that's all it says. What about <laughs> implant? I, I presume that's the hormone replacement implant. Um, I, I the hope HRT, so. I the hope HRT. it's not breast implant. I, I don't know. I'm uh. not too sure. Hey. Um, yes. Okay. We, we, let's cover the breast implant. Yes. We didn't discuss that. Yes. But yes, we can do at the time of mastectomies. Hmm. Uh, we also offer patients the chance to have reconstructions and implants as well. At the same time. At the same time. We don't usually like that. I must be honest. I'm not a fan of doing immediate 
deconstruction. Right. So I always tell my patients, if you can, first have your cancer treatment. Finish your radiation, finish your chemotherapy, right. wait a while, and then do the deconstruction. But by all means, it can be done. Right. So we basically have to get a plastic surgeon involved to do this, but it's very, very possible to have it done. Inshallah. Well, there you go. That was our oncologist on board. Um, and uh, this one say, <laughs> Doc, this is one minute. This is definitely one minute. Salam, doctor. I've been for a pap smear. It could not be done as I was told that my womb mouth is completely closed. Okay. I know you're not a gynae, mm. but... Uh, mm. Um, you can, are, it depends where you went for your pap smear, but there are certain brushes that they can utilize as well for pap smear. Um, there's the old spatula stick-like ones, and then you get the brush ones as well. If you can't do it, you can still do what we call a smear of the upper vagina as well that mm. can be done as right. well. Well, there you go. But speak to your gynae about All that. Right. <laughs> uh, yes, okay, and uh, uh, this is a... Oncologist, not the gynecologist. <laughs> so, as you said, he put in the disclaimer, speak to your yeah, gynecologist. Very important disclaimer. Speak to that. Well, Dr. Imran, it's been wonderful having you back Shukran. here once Thank again. Thank you so it's much. Been it's been a pleasure. Yes, as indeed. And as you can see, people were very much into what you had to say this yes, evening. Alhamdulillah. 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 So, all the very best, all the success uh, with so your much. practice. And, uh, Thank you. Inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always guide and protect you. Inshallah, all of us, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. Shukran very much. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.